to episode 246 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I am your host, Patrick Ray. Hope you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And I am here uh, in the lovely uh, Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, as we are part of the Dorkening Network. And when I say we, I'm not using the royal we, because fuck the royals. Uh, not the Kansas City ones, the ones in England. Uh, I am here with my co-host on the show and my co-host in life. She is <gasps> the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not Slashes the Ice Queen, not Slashes Von Nightmare, but Ashes Von Nightmare. It was Ashes all along. It was Ashes all <laughs> along. How many times do you think I'm going to screw this up? <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, I, I'm bad at uh, remembering your nickname. I mean, how many times did we screw it up with Craig last week? I'm just glad you can remember my name in real life. Yeah, I just point yeah. and go, you! <laughs> Are you talking to me? The lady that lives at your house. The lady that lives at my house. That's the best way. That's not the cats. <laughs> That's not the cats. Not the cats. The lady who lives at the house. <laughs> so we are uh, we are coming to you here on... Uh, 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 Fun and exciting Thursday. The weather's getting a little nicer. Uh, I'm happy about that. Mm. Um, I really hope you guys checked out the Loudest Sports Show last week because we had an amazing guest, uh, and we'll talk about this a little more at the end. But we had an amazing guest on, and you're going to hear an ad for their awesome, awesome cause that they're they're doing. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. But go check out the Loudest Sports Show and check out the group because we are giving away an awesome prize. We're giving away a uh, well, we're raffling off to. Uh, help fight pediatric cancer, a Bill Belichick signed mini helmet, authenticated and everything, and a Magic Johnson signed basketball. What? Magic Johnson sounds like a made-up name, and every time I think of Magic Johnson, all I can think of is the actor from Halloween, Dick Warlock. Like, that would be a good battle one day. <laughs> Magic Johnson maybe Dick Warlock. Maybe maybe, what? maybe our battle today can be like a tag team, and they, they, they can each be the managers, because we are talking <laughs> about magical people. We are. So we are, uh, you know, I guess we're going to be spoiling if you haven't seen the end of WandaVision. Yes, I think, warning, if you have not seen WandaVision in, in, in its entirety, please shut us off now, because we are well, going don't to shut be us going off into... Now. Well, don't shut us off now. Go watch WandaVision, all yeah. of it. Well, shut us off after the first come break. back, but well, I... You can watch to the first break, or listen to the first you break. <laughs> Because you're going to want to hear the ads and stuff hey, when we come back. Long story short, there's going to be spoilers. Don't finish the episode before you watch heavily it. Heavily into spoiler territory, predominantly during the main part of our discussion. So today, we are not only talking about WandaVision as a whole, you know, our, our thoughts and feelings about the, the this season, this new venture that Marvel is taking us on, uh, preparing for the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and doing something Marvel has never done before and that is television. I think what they're doing is they're um, they're trying to kind of connect the universe a little bit, sort of like the Mandalorian I, except I, the Mandalorian is going back like you already have decades spanning movies and uh, they're just trying to Kind of get oh, and, in on this a little bit. Here's the thing. 
you know, movies are great, but they can only do so much in the way of giving you appropriate amounts of backstory relative to the time of the film. Yes. Because, you know, movies try to accomplish a lot. And I think that's why, you know, you had Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, and, you know, multiple Avengers films and stuff. You know, they had this whole cinematic universe mapped out amongst all of these films because, you know, these stories couldn't be told in one single film. You know, fractions of these stories could be, but but you, you couldn't get everything as a whole story in its entirety and, and to have it make sense, uh, you know, in just, in just one or two films. So I think that they are, you know, a taking advantage of the fact that Disney plus, well, that, that Disney owns Marvel and Mm -hmm. Disney has their own streaming service, Disney plus it's the perfect vehicle for trying something like this out. But I think it's great because not only are we getting, more backstories on these i don't want to so much say secondary characters because to be honest and i mean it's no i think everyone knows like i love the scarlet witch if if you didn't know go check out our episode uh that we did a couple weeks ago actually i say a couple weeks ago probably a couple of months ago what is time anyways um on Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. I love her, and I love learning more about her in the comic book universe as well, but I really like the way that she's been portrayed in the cinematic universe, and WandaVision, ugh, did her justice so much. So much, and I think a lot more people have fallen in love with this character, or are at least more interested in this character. They definitely expanded a little bit because you got to see some of the stuff that she was capable of in the uh, in the cinematic thing like, you know, in Infinity War when they're having like that big battle and she's she comes onto the battlefield and like launches those giant dri- drill wheel things and throws mm-hmm. them at all the bad guys and then uses it to crush uh I forget which lady, the Corvus Glaive, Eb- not Ebony Maw, Corvus Glaive, or I don't know, the the girl one. Uh, the, the girl one. <laughs> and then when she was wrecking Thanos, and yes. Thanos, you know, because I just rewatched these the other day, and Thanos, w- that's when he was like, rain fire! You know, because he was getting smoked by Scarlet Witch. Uh, he had no answer for her. Um, well, sorry. She wasn't Scarlet Witch. She was just Wanda. Wendy. But I like the way that this this series really uh gave her character more humanity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um and and I again, I don't want to go into spoiler territory right now, so we're going to save this part of the discussion for the second half of the show. So if you don't want to be spoiled again don't listen to the second half but you can listen to this half half the first third and the final well the first third anyways so anyways today we are talking about wandavision and agatha harkness and with a lot of magical people uh a lot of magical people choose to have familiars not even choose to have it's more of a it's like a a, it's a symbiotic relationship really symbiote um say it like jenny slate Symbiote. <laughs> so our getting into character question for today is if you could have 
any animal, because typically familiars are animals. Uh, if you could have any animal as your familiar, what would it be and why? So I'll, uh, because I think you're... Uh you want me to go first because I think you might. I, I think you might already have your answer. But um, for me, I mean, obviously, my first choice would be somebody like Jeff the Land Shark that Gwenpool hangs out with because you know he acts like a puppy, but he's also a shark. So I wouldn't mind having a land shark. That's first. But if we're gonna like, if we're gonna go like something that's a little more practical, so. When I was younger, I was a huge fan of both Voltron and He-Man, and I still am, you know, and that He-Man love kind of, that sounded weird, that He-Man love kind of <laughs> uh, moved on into uh, Calvin and Hobbes. So I would like, as a familiar, a big tiger I could ride on, but like he can also speak or at least... In a, st in, in a book that I wrote years and years and years ago, there was a, a young girl who had a connection with a cat-like animal. And he couldn't speak, you know, traditionally, but they had, like, a telepathic link. And he was able to, like, send her pictures, like, you know, images in his from his mind to her mind. Because, you know, the, the mind of an animal compared to the mind of a human, very different uh, mm -hmm. evolutionary levels. But he was able to kind of convey what he wanted by sending her different pictures of things, you know, or, or not pictures. I keep saying pictures, images, you know, uh, psychically. So I would want something like that. But he would also have to be big enough that I could ride on. So, like, from Cringer to Battle Cat. He doesn't have to talk because, oh, God damn, Cringer had one of the most annoying voices. And he sucked so much. But... That's what I thought as a kid. As I got older, like, he's undergoing this forced transformation that he has no part in, like, no decision over. Like, you know, He-Man is zapping him with the power sword and forcing him to grow larger, become more ferocious. It's almost like he's giving him meth <laughs> because he gives him, like, this added bulk and power and, you know, sense of... Uh, invincibility and courage and he just like rides him off into battle and Cringer knows that this shit's gonna happen and he does not want any part of it but He-Man does it to him anyway every time so I really hope that the uh, you know the, the Kevin Smith version kind of changes that because that shit was animal abuse see what I would want is like you're saying a, f a, a familial symbiotic relationship I'm not gonna force any animal to go into battle against their will but, again, that's what I would want. So, what about you? So, typically in pop culture and in lore, witches often have felines as they're familiar. I knew it. And, you know, it's been uh, something that we've seen, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch or The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, Sabrina Spellman has Salem the Black Cat. And in one of the television series, Salem Can Talk and is hilarious. And in the other series, Salem doesn't talk, but Sal Salem has uh, intuitions, abilities. And, you know, uh, the belief of a, the theory behind a familiar is that it's the soul of someone else trapped in the body of an animal. 
and that spirit is trying to connect with the person and you know almost just kind of like a sometimes they're magic sensitive so they can be attracted to uh different types of magic can warn their person as to what's going to happen um like the crow in the crow kind of yes uh, so, I mean, it's really, I feel like it's really unoriginal for me to say a cat, but I'm a cat you person. You have I mean, a cat I was familiar. Say, like, I have a familiar. You literally refer to her as your familiar. She is my familiar. We have conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And usually it's, I want breakfast. And you're like, okay, here's breakfast. And then she's like, we've had one, yes, but what about second breakfast? <laughs> Kitties are hobbits. That's a that's a theory of mine. They eat a lot and they have fuzzy feet. And they're small. <laughs> and they're small, yes. And they live in holes. Bobby goes, uh, I don't know where the hell she goes. I mean, I know where she goes, but like she goes underneath like this chair and there's like a bunch of stuff there and she goes under there. She comes out to eat and use the litter box and that's it. We never see her anymore. So... I have to, I mean, I have to, so yeah, I have a familiar. Her name is Zombie. Ideally, though, you know, and we have a great connection. Um, a lot of empaths have connections with animals. Like if you're, a, if you're an empath and you go out somewhere and there are animals around, you know, if the animals are attracted to you, like that, that's something that's quite common with, with people who are empathetic like yeah well it's it's you know like oh that cat doesn't like anybody and it's like oh, right well, like i can't like tell me. you how many people's houses i mean obviously not right now but how many houses i've been over you know um they'll find me bonding with their cat in the corner and be like oh the cat usually hides when we have company around like that cat never likes anybody it's like well cat likes me <laughs> we're having a great time partying in the corner uh but yeah I, I have to say my only qualm my only issue with zombie is the fact that she's really lazy <laughs> and that's partially my own doing um i definitely encourage her but yeah i, I love having zombie as my familiar she's great she's really good company um She's really in tune sometimes with when I'm not feeling well. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure people with, with, you know, with pets, with, you know, people who live with animals out there, um, I don't even like calling them pets anymore because, like, it just doesn't feel right. Like a, like a furry Familiar. animal. Child. Family, child. Um, yeah, I just wish she wasn't so lazy. Yeah, well, she's not as lazy as Bobby. We have a uh, um, a flying squirrel, at least one, <laughs> that lives uh, kind of like in our walls and will come out uh, from underneath the dishwasher and eat the cat's food. And we've seen this happen. Uh, Ashes actually has a video. It's like 25 minutes long of this thing coming out 25 times, coming out from underneath, Running over, you know, maybe taking a drink of water because, you know, running back and forth is, is thirsty work. Grabbing some of the cat food, stuffing their cheeks, and running back underneath. And all the while, cats are just sitting there watching him. Bobby, mm -hmm. Bobby sits there and watches. And my theory is it's because you watch so much uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, and there's, <laughs> there's kitty girls and squirrel friends. Hey, kitty girl. So... Bobby and Zombie are like, well, we're both cats. 
and we're girls, so we're kitty girls, and that squirrel must be our friend, so that's why they don't attack them. Do you know why they're called squirrel friends? No, I don't. Because, because they hide their nuts. All right, well, that makes sense. <laughs> That makes sense. Some people do it really well, and I just I look at some of these tuck jobs because they will zoom in and like, because I've I've seen a couple episodes where like, the the drag queens are complimented for their tuck jobs, and I'm like, that makes me want to speak in a higher octave just looking at it. Like I don't know where they went. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I you cram them back in. Uh huh. Oh no, I couldn't so be a drag a queen. So there's a way. There's a way Ooh. that I mean, and it, oh. it, it takes some it takes some practice. Oh, I would know. imagine. Um, you can uh, tuck your Chippendale back up into yourself. Oh. Oh. And then you take your rescue ranger and pull it. Pretty much, um, you go around the backside and you pull it in. Nope. Nope, sorry. And you use, so there's this specific type of underwear. It's called a gaff. That, uh, it, oh, it kind of looks like a, a thong. It's like a reinforced thong. And what that does is that keeps your tuck in place. But a lot of drag queens, especially drag queens who are, uh, do a lot of movement, you know, dancers or, you know, just, just ones who really work the crowd, they will use duct tape. Because it just holds everything in place so much better. Nope. Nope. Uh, that, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm like squirming back and forth in my chair, like uncomfortable just thinking about uh, putting the bushel back in the basket. Like that's, <laughs> that's just not, oof. So, I mean, I, I mean, I admire the dedication. That's just, oh, I can't. I mean, like, I can I mean, understand like, how it th could physically happen because thing, I've though. been in the ocean when it's very cold. Gentlemen who are listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, like, after a while, everything goes numb and you don't even know it's there anymore. But well, I mean, obviously, doing it on purpose. You do everything while it's flaccid. Yes, yes. Uh, you, that would be difficult to do. It's like, oh, let me just snap my dick in half and bend it around this way no but <sighs> this is not where this episode <laughs> did <laughs> no i didn't think that we were going to start Hello, talking about episode <laughs> maybe you you should have skipped this part for the spoilers can you imagine people that are going to be like oh well i don't want any spoilers and they like clicked off and then they watch WandaVision and they come back and start listening to about like cramming your balls back up into well, your body. What's, you know, surprise, everybody. Fantastic and, and, and really comical. And, you know, they obviously it's a reality show. So they, they film most things. You, you know, the, the ladies tuck behind the curtain. But um, there are people who they sometimes do these uh, like. The, the competition for the, that week will be 
transforming someone who's not usually a drag queen. So they've done like crew members. They've done uh, family members of theirs. They've brought in oh, every time one of those girls you know, did like the military during after the whole like, repeal oh. of, of don't ask don't tell they had uh, military personnel um you know seeing the reactions of some of these men attempting to tuck for the very first time and getting really personal with the drag queen that they're paired with yeah yeah. Well, because I mean, you know, some of them are like, okay, well, you know, go behind, the, go behind the curtain, and I will, I will vocally, verbally walk you through how to do this. And so, you know, sometimes it's just like it's just, I need help. You know? <laughs> like if you don't exactly know what you're doing, it'd be like a toddler you know? learning so how to go to the bathroom. You know, the queens are like, okay, we're gonna get really friendly now. <laughs> Like we're really gonna get to know each other in a couple minutes. Um, oh my god! So so yeah. So so sometimes Honestly, when they do some of these transformations, they I put, would need help. They would put them in like garments that wouldn't necessarily require tucking. But some of them, in order to like really impress the judges, they'll do that. And a lot of times, you know, the queens will ask their you know uh, their partners, partners yeah. you know. Uh, would are you okay with tucking? Would you want to tuck? Like, is this something? And if some guys are really into it. Some guys are like, "Yeah, I want the full drag queen experience." Honestly, if tuck it was me, baby. if it was me, I would be like, "Okay, do what you got to do because I want you to win. You're out here like I'm not gonna have you lose because I couldn't handle it. Right. I couldn't. I couldn't take. No, well, I would. And that's honestly, this that's... isn't something I would do on my own. <laughs> but that's honestly, you know, what happens quite frequently is, you know, the the partners don't want to be the reason why the drag queen gets held back or eliminated right. from the competition. It's like, like will hey, this help you, you win? Know, yes. Because it, it's not like I'll they didn't it. know what they were signing up for. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's like, like you know, the, I'll, I'll do it. yes, I want to be a participant in this, you know, particular weekly competition of, of drag race. They know what they're doing. Oh, so speaking of Drag Race, to kind of tie it back in with this episode, uh, there's a queen from last season. So not the season that's running right now, but last season, um, the season that started airing before the pandemic happened. Uh, Jackie Cox, she was voted off fourth. I absolutely love her. She is super entertaining. She, on her Instagram, and I think she has a TikTok too, but I don't do that, um, has been posting uh, in her Instagram stories and on her page um, videos of her doing this whole WandaVision-like transformation. And she turns herself into Agatha Harkness. And it is so cool. And she does Agatha, um, you know, during the, the, the black and white period of WandaVision, like the different phases mm -hmm. that Agatha has had along with the phases of the show. Like she's recreated. And then she's recreated the comic book version. So the white hair. Yep. With the purple cloak and everything. Yeah, like when uh, she's, she's like recreated an older lady. that version of Agatha. And she does like the cool um, special effects to make it look like she's, you know, wielding magic and stuff. It's really cool. So if you're interested, definitely check out Jackie Cox, C O X, on Instagram. It's just, it's fantastic, the artistry. It's like spot on, too. 
Like oh, she, I'm sure. she's, you know, uh, doing lip syncs to different things that Agatha said um, or Agnes said in the in the series and you know lip syncing along to it was agatha all along you know um super cute stuff like that but yeah her artistry is brilliant and i'm just eating up the this you know agatha harkness series that she's been doing yeah um you've shown me some of that and it's really really impressive and i i mean i think it's it's awesome um yeah because even like the the special effects she did a photo shoot and i'm i'm flaking on the dry other queen's name right now um but they did a photo shoot with her as agatha and the other queen as the scarlet witch yeah so and and both um yeah but both uh comic book accurate oh okay yep so it it, it was it's really cool it's really cool if i can find it again i'll post some of the stuff in the group very cool so i think uh that's a pretty good spot to uh take a quick break um so yeah let us know who you're familiar with me. You know, is it a, a, a pet you have all already? Is it a specific animal that, you know, you've always wanted to, uh, to uh, you know, hang around with? Uh, let us know. And uh, we're going to be, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we're going to start talking more about uh, Agatha and getting into heavy spoiler territory. So we'll see you on the other side. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated, autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son, William, was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag Strong-Willed movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and More Facebook group. Every stitch 
music uh we have uh three songs that we picked out so that was the first one so i hope you enjoyed that because uh it's a running theme because we're talking about witches and uh which is the witch that we is talking about i'm not a witch i'm your wife after what you just said i'm not sure i even want to be that anymore (laughs) to blame So we are talking about Agatha Harkness because that is the word on everyone's lips right now for the most part. A lot of people are wondering who exactly is Agatha Harkness? And they've been wondering that for the past couple of weeks, you know, when that big bombshell was dropped on episode seven or eight of WandaVision. I forget. I forget which episode is which, to be honest with you. And I, for one, you know, am with those people. I have, going into this, had no clue who Agatha Harkness was. I learned a little bit about her doing my research for the Scarlet Witch man Wanda Maximoff episode of this show. Um, and, and it definitely piqued my interest. And then seeing her, how she was portrayed in the show, uh, piqued my interest even more. And the fact that it was Catherine Hahn was just perfection. Like, oh, yeah. She's, she's I mean, great. I, so before we... I, I really want to talk about the casting of WandaVision because it was so... Good. So good. So obviously we had some returning characters, familiar faces, but the casting of Catherine Hahn as Agnes, the nosy neighbor next door, mm-hmm. and then come to find out it's Agatha Harkness, this all-powerful thousands of years old witch. Like, oh, I just thought it was so good. And and Catherine Hahn being able to change her demeanor at the drop of a hat. She's just, a very talented actress. You know, I, I I love the fact that people are seeing her as more than just the funny crazy lady from Step Brothers. And uh, Parks and Rec. Right, and Bad Moms. Like, she does a lot of, of comedic roles because she's funny, but she's also so incredibly talented. If you're familiar with the show Transparent, uh, she's in that, and she's brilliant. She's Jeffrey been in a Tambor. bunch of other stuff, too, that's uh, highly underrated in my book. Like, when I look at the casting list for something and I see that she's involved with it, like, it makes me happy because I really enjoy watching her on screen. Yeah, she's very and talented. And I like watching her in interviews and stuff. She just carries herself so well. And, I don't know, I think I have a crush on Katherine Hahn. Oh, I do. I, I mean, I think I... <laughs> you know, she's, she's not, like, a traditional, like, leading beauty that you would pick. But, like, you know, I'm also a huge fan of Kat Denning, so, like... <laughs> This was this was my show right here, um, right? And like Paul Bettany as Vision, like, hello, a Knight's Tale. I'm sure most of you know what I'm talking about. Patsy doesn't because he's never seen a Knight's I've Tale. I've seen parts of it. I know and, that, and like, we're gonna have to rectify this. I but know that there's like I real music fell, like, it, that it, the people it, sing. It, yeah, it's it's actually it's actually really well done. 
like you would think it would be kind of cheesy but it's but it's not and it's funny and um oh baratheon Robert Baratheon. Robert Baratheon yeah, uh, is Mark in Eddie. it. Yes, yes, yeah, I and know. he's great. And the but Joker's in it. I fell in love with Paul Bettany like back in the early two thousands when this when A Knight's Tale came out, uh, and and really solidified it a couple years later when A Beautiful Mind came out. And I was just gonna say I was yeah. I, I was trying to remember if he was in that because I was gonna make a he joke was. about he like he was the imaginary Charles person. is watching the baby. Because um, I was gonna say, like, you know, he was he well, Ledger's friend, he but he wasn't really there. Met his wife, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly, who took over who's in a the babe. Who I've Jennifer Connelly is She's always amazing. been at the top of my list since I was a kid. Since but I watched she her, took over for she the took Jarvis over in the MCU. Voice. Yes. yes, she is. Uh, she's not Friday. She's whatever. Uh, she's in Peter's suit. She's the voice in Peter's suit. Yes. Because it couldn't be Jarvis anymore because Jarvis was Vision. A, a, a guy instead yes. of just an AI. Yes. So um, she took over, which, I mean, makes El sense. Elizabeth Olsen uh, really getting to showcase her talents as Wanda Maximoff becoming the Scarlet Witch. I have to throw something out, and this was from... Uh, this was from... Um, <clears throat> uh, one of my favorite things on YouTube, the Screen Rant pitch meetings. Mm -hmm. They did a pitch meeting for the final, for the season. So we get to find out that Wanda watches a lot of old TV shows, including Malcolm in the Middle, starring Brian Cranston, who is in 2014's Godzilla with Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson. But this isn't the first time they've made that reference uh, to somebody to to something like this. In Endgame, Robert Downey Jr. refers to uh, Thor as Lebowski, which starred uh, Jeff Daniel, not Jeff Daniels. Um, um, what is his name? Um, he was in the 1976 King Kong as well, Starman. Oh, um. um, um. Oh my God! Why am I? He was also in A Star Is Born. Um, Not, I, oh God! Why can't I remember his name? Um, oh, um, hold on! I'm looking. It, it I want to say it's a, it's a J name. It's a J Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Not Jeff Daniels. So Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges, who played Obadiah Stane in Iron Man. They also talk about Hot Tub Time Machine. Starring Sebastian San, Stan. So, like, they've done this before. Uh, it's just kind of, it's just a weird thing to reference a movie that a character was also, the, as the same actor, played that a character in that. Like, it's weird. It's weird to have, yeah. But, again, oh, it's a multiverse. Okay. So, that's, that was my, that was my side diatribe. But Elizabeth Olsen being able to really showcase her talent and her acting chops. Like, I've seen her in other things aside from her being Wanda Maximoff. And I Godzilla really enjoy her. Well, I mean, th there's that. But I've also seen her, like, she's done some indie films and stuff. And she's always really delightful to watch, uh, you know, regardless of the character that she's portraying. I think she's good, yeah. And 
I would be surprised if the entire cast was not nominated for awards and everything because you know being able to capture the essence of some of these sitcoms that they were parodying and really you know just the just the isms that some of these sitcoms are known for uh paul bettany watched the entire catalog of the dick van dyke show in preparation for this you know um some of these like Elizabeth Olsen and Katherine Hahn grew up on some of these shows you know as did I which is why I loved it so much I love that it started out as something so sweet and innocent but you knew that there was something it got so so dark and it really showcased the five different stages there's some discrepancies five or seven so i'll just say it really showcases the different stages of grief that one goes through when they lose a loved one especially in an unexpected and you know horrific way as she did and she didn't lose him once but she lost him twice and the first time she had to do it right and then you know so so taking into consideration everything that she's gone through and you know they touch base on her brother and they uh, the way that she's able to allow herself as wanda maximoff to show these certain emotions at times like kind of become vulnerable to the situation when she realizes that, you know, she knows this isn't real, but it's real. You yeah. know, like when you're trying to convince yourself that it's something it isn't, you know, um, which again is one of the stages of grief. You know, you lose someone, you think they're going to walk through the door. Like, oh, he's just resting. Oh, you know, he's at work right now. He's going to walk through the door You're so moment. used to that, that you routine. You know, it's that... exactly this person being in your life, and then all of a sudden they're, they're not. I also liked how we got to see a little peek behind the curtain of how they got together. Yeah. You know, and how that relationship formed. And, you know, they were both alone. Yeah. And bonded over, you know, we got to see why... Wanda has this love for these these you know cheesy sitcom shows and you know ultimately that's what they bonded over as a as a couple and you know everything ties together everything makes sense in the end you just have to stick with it and that amazing line what is grief if not love persisting I do uh, I, it's just so profound Like, there were times throughout this series that, you know, I I, I thought, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm laughing. It's funny. And, oh, wow, there's some action and stuff. But there were some times that really made me think. And as someone who has dealt with intense, painful, just debilitating grief, you know, I felt that. Like, I I felt what she was going through when I I could see that like I saw you know certain things that she was doing different things that she was saying and I was just like I I, I get it mm-hmm. so you know the writing was so well done um you know oftentimes when I don't have the words to cr- correctly express how I feel um 
I love it when somebody else dies. And our buddy Steve Van Sampson, Parasite Steve over at Retro Redoctopus, made a post a couple of days ago, you know, kind of letting the dust settle a little bit after the the series finale of WandaVision. And he said everything so perfectly. So I'm just going to quote his post right now. He says... WandaVision was ballsy, brilliant, and one of the most unique shows to come along in a very long time. As a person who digs past sachets and stuff from the 1950s, I loved the framing device and presentation. As a Marvel fan and huge lover of these two characters and the actors who portray them, I immensely enjoyed every damn second of this show. I feel closer to Wanda and Viz than almost any other MCU character. And for a couple of B-listers, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I I completely agree. I think to, at, at this point, I care about these characters more than I care about any other character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's, yeah. I, we haven't spent as much time with them. You know, so... You know, losing vision at you know when that the way we did in uh, Infinity War wasn't quite the gut punch it could have been. Like if we had lost him after this, you know, obviously you couldn't have done it because you know what I'm saying, right? But you know, it's not the same gut punch that losing Tony it was. Gave these characters more depth. Obviously, it gave them more screen time. It told their stories more thoroughly. We're obviously going to see Scarlet Witch, and yes, she will be the Scarlet Witch, uh, later in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, setting it up for the next Doctor Strange film, the Multiverse of Madness. And that's one of the things. Like, where the hell was was uh, Stephen Strange this whole goddamn time? And, you know, I I... Yeah, I, I think there's uh, they're setting up for a lot. And I saw a, a meme today where it was because uh, everyone kept like, is that Mephisto? Is that Mephisto? Is this Mephisto? Is that Mephisto? And it was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it said Mephisto and the Winter Mephisto. <laughs> and that's another thing I kind of want to touch base on. So, you know, Marvel gave us this really interesting, unique beautiful story in my opinion it was really beautiful um you know action-packed entertaining you know story that we haven't seen yet from the marvel universe the marvel cinematic universe i guess we'll still call it even I though mean, it's television we can if so this was nine episodes it was probably two and a half to three movies worth. So we kind of got to see this with Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man. But that was over, you know, a decade. This was over... Nine weeks. Yeah. So, not even because the first week we got two episodes. Right. So this was, you know, two months worth. We got to see everything. And, like, we can go back and just watch it all back to back to back to back to back if we want. So it was... You know, the same amount of information, but without all this extra filler, without, you know, like we got Iron Man in 2008, and then we got, there, you know, all these other films to kind of slake our thirst in between. And speaking about, like, there wasn't any filler dialogue. You know, everything 
made sense. Everything lent itself to that story, either the bigger story or the story they were trying to tell that episode because it was very sitcom-esque. You know, everything like the, the, the story that was happening, at least in the first few episodes, wrapped up nicely in that within that episode. But the overall story was still brewing. It was still, you know, ongoing. Um, and I, I liked that. I liked that type of storytelling. And, you know, obviously you have to watch everything consecutively. And I just thought it was, ah, oh, I loved it. It was so it was much. done really really well, and I, I liked the fact that you know, Agatha. And, and people are saying, "Oh, I will win season two. and it's like, "Well, there is no season two. Season two is multiverse as, of right, madness, right? Like, and as much as I would love for them to keep this going, um, I'm grateful for what we have. I will definitely binge watch the hell out of you know the nine episodes. I mean, some people have already. And that's fantastic. But, you know, I think the only thing that's kind of ruined this is, and I just want to touch base on this for a moment, is the fan theories and the fan base. So I love fan theories. I am a fan who loves to theorize. I had my own theories going into this. I did some research at the end of each episode to figure out, you know, what was going on. You know, is it Mephisto? Is I it this? I never it said that? anything about Mephisto, but my whole thing, and I said this a you, while you ago. You said, you were like, you said Agatha Harkness. But I said before we watched anything, I watched way at the beginning. Uh, or, or way when that was announced a couple of months ago, my theory, I forget if it was on our show or if it was on like the Dorks Wednesday night show that we do. Um, I, I theorized that Wanda was going to be the bad guy and she was going to become like super powerful and she was going to tear open the multiverse and she's going to have to go head to head with uh, Doctor Strange. And that still may happen. So now, you know, after you see the, the final credit scene of her lifting up a scalding hot tea kettle with her bare hand, by the way, mm-hmm. which that was a, a detail that escaped me, but someone pointed it out online. But I think that she is uh, going to, at first, it's going to be a classic versus. They're going to fight each other and then realize, no, there's another bad guy this whole time. Let's go get him. Right. Uh, Scarlet Witch is the strongest and most powerful of all of the Avengers. She was able to destroy an Infinity Stone. And, well, she means she got her powers from an Infinity, from the... uh, well, in yes, in in in, in, the, the, in MCU. the MCU storyline, no, correct. more mutants. Um, no, more fan theories. Uh, that was a meme I made the yeah, other day. Yeah, so you know, I love the fact that fans get really invested and involved in this stuff, and they come up with their own theories, and they're pulling stuff from the comic books. Like, what are we going to see? You know, compare and contrast from the comic book world to the MCU. And I love all that. Continue to do that. It's entertaining. It's the fans that get mad when their predictions, when their theories don't come true. I think the only thing that I was kind of irritated about was them coming out and like, ooh, there's like a, uh, again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen all of The Mandalorian, stop now and skip ahead about 45 seconds. Um, when they said, oh, there's a cameo at the end that's equivalent to the Luke Skywalker moment at the end of The Mandalorian. And it's like, 
that never really happened. So that stemmed from, in an interview, or in several interviews, Paul Bettany trolling people, saying that there's a cameo from an actor, a great actor, the best actor he's ever worked with in his yes. life, and it's it's himself. It's, right, but that's... But, yeah. but that, and that's that's kind of what it stems from, and, and then people were, were taking that and theorizing on that, you know, taking it at face value, not taking it... Oh, is it Mephisto? Is it Nick Fury? Is it, you know, Wolverine? You know, how many people were like, oh, my God, I can't wait till we find out that the aerospace engineer is Reed Richards, you know, like, and and and, and, you know, especially once it was revealed that Agnes was Agatha Harkness. And we know that Fantastic Four is, you know, another reboot of the Fantastic Four franchise is coming out. um, They thought that one would correlate to the other so uh yeah so long story short wandavision was fantastic and don't ruin the fun for other people yeah don't 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 suck the fun out of things don't be a fun sucker yeah that's the (laughs) That's the thing. No, I just hate it. You know, again, like I said, I love it when fans get really invested and involved. And, you know, it's really exciting to sit there and and chat with people. And, you know, especially people who know more about the comic books than I do. You know, I know what I know from either people telling me or research that I've done on my own. I don't read comic books. Um you know, so 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 I love hearing about all these different stories. Like, okay, yeah, that could happen. Oh, I could see how that could happen. But you know, when the fans get upset because their theory didn't come true, you know, like that's you know, it, which whole leads down this whole rabbit hole of toxic fandom, which I'm just so against, and you know, kind of really just ruins everything. Um, you know, people were really on board with this show until the end. And because it didn't end the way that they wanted to, because it wasn't Mephisto, uh, they're pissed. See, and and that's the thing is, you can't. You you gotta slowly introduce things like well, and I again. I'll use the Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, where's Thrawn? Like I lost my shit when I heard that. I was like, oh shit, Thrawn! Like, but that's, you know. Think about in the Avengers. When did the Avengers come out? 2012? Something like that? Mm, yeah. 2012. 11, maybe? And they teased Thanos at the end of it. When did we finally see Thanos in action? 2000, what, 19? 18? Seven years later? So, like, let this shit build up. Like, Marvel has been doing a great job of you know, kind of planting the seeds and, you know, kind of talking about that while we were doing our research, the book that Agatha uses is called The Darkhold. And one of the people who possessed The Darkhold and used it is Baron Helmet Zero. uh, I keep calling him Zero. Zemo, who is played by Daniel Bruhl. That's his character from Winter Soldier and the upcoming Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So... They just introduced the Darkhold, mm-hmm. which could be playing a huge part in his plans and introducing all these other characters. Like, we just got the Patton Oswalt Modoc. Like, there's a lot of shit going on, and Marvel likes to tie in 
their TV shows, their um, you know, because we saw that with Agent of Shield introducing the Kree. We saw uh, you know long before Captain Marvel came along. Mm-hmm. We saw you know the comic books introducing new things. We see you know the an- like I don't want to say animated shows because there's uh, there's nothing animated yet, but like there's a lot of stuff. Like I guarantee you that. The upcoming Black Widow movie that comes out, I think, in May. I want to say the twenty-first or something. That that Black Widow movie is going to set up more stuff, even mm. though it takes place in the past, before the events of of everything. Well, I'm I'm thinking that you know some things are going to lead to the Eternals. Yeah, because you know the Eternals are. Hundreds, thousands year old they're cosmic eternal. energy. Yes, they're they're eternal, much like myself. Um, so you know, I'm I'm thinking that I'm slowly starting to put some stuff together as far apart as like my theory goes. But I there's still a lot of blanks. But this is part of the fun. Like, yeah. isn't part of the fun, you know, seeing bits and pieces of new Marvel stuff, you know, stuff that the MCU releases and being able to slowly put things together in your mind, like put pieces of the puzzle together. And not just that, like, you know, I like theorizing about any any upcoming project, like how many times did we do it for Game of Thrones? You know, we did two and a half hours with our friends on Godzilla versus Kong. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, that was just off of a trailer. That was off of a, yeah, a two minute, the first two minute trailer. And like, there's a lot, been a lot of stuff that has come out in toy leaks that have come out since then that have confirmed several of the things that we thought. But you know, in in in, in a couple weeks, we're going to be doing it for Justice League after Justice mm-hmm. League the Snyder Cut comes out. We're going to have a bunch of folks back on, and we're going to be just going going to town on that so this is what we love to do and they are you not entertained and marvel marvel specifically knows this because they will put things in their trailer and we talked about this many times they will specifically put things in their trailers to throw people off like um showing thanos in wakanda with one infinity stone when in fact when he showed up he had Five of the six, he just needed the last well, one I mean, from Vision. You know, showing th- the Hulk, showing the Hulk yeah. running into battle, and Hulk wasn't in Infinity War. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, similar to Game of Thrones, that you know they would leak the set pictures, like you know, p- pictures of the set would leak, and it'd be like, oh my god, look at this scene. Oh my god, why like, is Tyrion on a dragon? That never happened. It was specifically put there. You know, they specifically staged yeah, but certain there's, things. There's to... a different thing from staging, staging, you know, quote unquote leaked photos to final rendering of characters in scenes that aren't in scenes that have like they had to get everyone together, film this, you know, with Mark Ruffalo in his in his uh, mocap suit. Film it happening, finish rendering it. Like that one shot probably cost four million dollars just to do that two yeah, second that's trailer. Like, that's like pocket I know, change. I know, on MCU a billion dollar. Point. But it's to keep people from guessing what's going to happen. Like that. That was really well done. Like that was smart because we're all like, oh yeah. So when the Hulk shows up, this is what's going to happen, and the Silver Surfer, and th- th- yeah. So so. 
Agatha Any, Harkness. Yes. So, anyways, today that that was that was part of our conversation, but today we are focusing on the character of Agatha Harkness. So she appeared first uh, in the Fantastic Four number 94 created by stanley and jack kirby she was first introduced as the governess of franklin richards so that is the son of reed richards and the invisible woman and she uh it's almost like she called to them so what happened is they were like, oh, we're gonna go meet the new, the new nanny, the new governess, or whatever, and they had never met her. They haven't had hadn't had like any real interaction with her. And I mean, it's something that's you know nowadays, if you're hiring someone to take care of your kid, you're doing Corey checks, you're doing all of these background checks, you're meeting them like 80 times beforehand. You know, you're in, especially if this person is going to be taking care of your child at their at their home, like you're inspecting their home, you're not just going to leave your child. So it's almost like she called out to them. Well, I, uh, you also have to remember that, you know, she seems to have an affinity for uh, reality warping beyond Omega level individuals, which is well, what Franklin Lit- Richards is. Right. Well, that's what I'm uh, what I was alluding to. Like, she has this thing for uh, sensing magic. It's it's well, Franklin's not really magic, but like he she can sense his power. And, you know, what's. One, can, what's it's chaos power? She can sense chaos power. And what is what is? Uh, I mean, which is obviously why. When you have power, what's the one thing you want? More power. Um, but it's not necessarily like that's not necessarily her case. So, see, here's the thing: in the comic book universe, she's kind of ambiguous in the sense that is she a villain? Is she not? Because she does things for both sides. I think she does things, and you know, there's a lot of folks like, like this with her type of power. Good. See, I, I look at it as uh, the same way I look at Galactus. Galactus is not good or bad. He's just doing what he needs he to do is. to survive. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. So, you know, Agatha Harkness is almost eleven thousand years 11, old. Eleven thousand or eleven hundred. 1100, 11, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say that. 1100 years old. Um, 11-D-1st birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Her and Bilbo. Well, I mean, like, she's she was there for the fall of Atlantis. Which, I don't know how long ago, I want to say 4,000. <laughs> Hold on, I have that. Well, it depends right on. Here. It depends it, on. It depends. So. Agatha Harkness was old enough to remember 500 years before Atlantis sank to the bottom of the sea, purportedly 10,500 BC. So she's that would make her about 3,000 years old if it if it if she remembers 500 years before Atlantis. So that's a thousand BC. But I'm not quite sure exactly like. I think it, when because she she ultimately she dies she dies a couple of times but she's, I think it kind of varies because there's so many different reboots and reimaginings like if you but, if you look at the six one six universe compared to like the twelve universe and like all that. long story short she's been around um, she's had contact with the cosmic being Scryer yes who had promised her that he would return whenever needed 
only to apparently be destroyed, or at least she thought he was dead. Uh, there apparently he wasn't, but that's a whole thing, um, which leads me to believe that maybe she has something to do with the Eternals. Uh, you just love you some Eternals, and it's I'm not really just because two of the Stark stuff. boys are in it. No, I'm just I'm really intrigued Richard by that Madden story. And, and yes, Kit I Harrington. know. Ooh, yeah. I hope they have dire wolves. I was going to say, a couple of dire wolves up in there. The young wolf and the white wolf. So, in the 17th century, Harkness settled in Salem, Massachusetts. She formed her own coven of witches, hoping to freely practice magic in the New World. In 1692... Not the place to do it. No! She and her group were persecuted by the Puritans during what has now obviously become known as the Salem Witch Trials. She encountered the mutant hero Firestar when she was accidentally sent back in time while fighting the Sphinx. Believing her to be a witch, the Puritans tried to burn her at the stake. She fought back but was saved by Agatha, leading her to safety. Agatha actually believe, uh, revealed that she approved of the trials, believing them necessary for the magical people to grow stronger. She even sent some of her coven to cull the weak. Wait, isn't so, that the uh, isn't that the uh, the Marilyn Manson song, the magical people? Yeah, we don't talk about Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, that's right. He's a scumbag. Yeah, I totally forgot that. about that. Sorry, he hasn't been on my mind. So uh, she asked Firestar to join her, but she refused. Firestar begged Agatha to find another option. Her pleas did not fall on deaf ears, and Agatha agreed and settled the town of New Salem, a secret magical community in what would be known as Colorado. All right. So, which is a little bit similar to her story in WandaVision. We do get to see her in, uh, you know, Salem. It's the witch trials. You think that she's... No. It's not really the witch... I mean, it's taking place at the same time, but it's it's not like the townspeople. Well, but you you don't realize that at first. Spoiler alert. You know, they keep asking. Well, we already said that this was this part was all filled with spoilers. It's all spoilery up in here. So many spoilers. Um, we do get to see her in Salem. She's being accused by the you know these you what you think is some of the the women folk of the town. Uh, you know, being accused of being a witch, and they keep asking her, "Are you a witch?" And she says, "Yes, I'm a witch." And you know, come to find out, it's her coven, including her mom, including her mother. You know, Agatha Harkness has been dealing black magic, doing a bunch of stuff that she's not supposed to be doing. And the coven wanted to hold her responsible. And in turn, Agatha Harkness strips the coven of their powers and ultimately kills them. Because they tried doing that to her. And she absorbs, we find this out, she absorbs the power that's used against her. That's part of her magic. Right. And nobody, uh, apparently nobody seemed to realize that's what was going on. Even after she, like, sucked the power out of everyone, her mom's like, well, I'll show you. Well, it's it goes back to, you know, these witches weren't able to do it, but maybe her mother thought she was powerful enough to be able to do it. And all she did, all they did was enhance Agatha's abilities. Right. Right. So... 
what happened? What happened? Is she became the most powerful sorceress in this community, and later its grand dame or leader. Agatha was involved in turning over various sorcerers to the witch killing authorities on the grounds that she was strengthening the witch community by ridding it of those who could not defend themselves. The fact that New Salemites referred to outsiders as mortals may indicate that they had longer lifespans than human beings. Maybe eternal life lifespans? Oh, maybe. The identity of her husband was unknown, and it was not even known whether Harkness was her, late, uh, was her husband's last name or her maiden name. Agatha and her husband had only one child together, the warlock, known as Nicholas Scratch, which perhaps was his assumed name. By the end of the 18th century, during the American Revolutionary War, Harkness joined the Daughters of Liberty, a group of women fighting for justice in the New World. She used her centuries of knowledge to train them in the mystical arts. At the end of World War II, she was recruited by the U.S. Army alongside uh, uh, Army Major Alan Dacor? Sure. Dacor. Alongside the Ghost Dancer and Emerald Warlock to join the Department of the Uncanny and help stop the threat of Hilda Von Hate. That's a hell of a name. So after all of this, Agatha Harkness became a governess tutoring children in need, though she eventually retired. But when the Fantastic Four contacted her to ask her to watch their newborn baby, Franklin Richards, she agreed immediately once she considered who his parents were. Yes. So, yes, she definitely has uh, an affinity for powerful beings, being surrounded by them and nurturing them to an extent, Mm -hmm. which is also what she does with the Scarlet Witch. Because the Scarlet Witch, one of the one of the reasons why the Scarlet Witch is as powerful as she is, is because of Agatha Harkness. Yes, um, she learns. Well, I mean, she learns uh, those reverse spells. You know, basically the uh, magical equivalent of uh, the reverse and draw four in uh, Uno. You know, from Agatha. You know, and, and Agatha helps her unleash her full potential, for uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, and and regardless of how old she is, Agatha Harkness is still pretty powerful. So, uh, when the heroes first brought Franklin Re- uh, Franklin Richards to her house atop Whisper Hill, she invited them in to spend the night as it was too late and too stormy for them to return home. Though once settled, the Thing and the Human Torch, um, they were rooming together, they settled down. Uh, the Thing fell through a swiveling painting in his room and straight into the clutches of the Frightful Four. So the Frightful Four is like the antithesis of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And they did that a lot in like the early comic book days. Yeah, that's typical. The Frightful Four. And she was able to, you know, the Frightful Four um, was 
taking over the Fantastic Four and Agatha Harkness stepped in with the help of her familiar Ebony, the Black Cat, who turns into a Black Panther at times. And she was able to defeat them. That's... See, that's a story I didn't know about. Like, I didn't know she was, like, Franklin Richards' babysitter. Like, I was confusing her with somebody else who was uh, uh, involved with Spider-Man, but uh, apparently I, I was mistaken. Yeah, and she was involved with the Fantastic Four for a while. Um, and then the Salem 7 happened... And that was not Agatha, but Agatha's grandchildren through Nicholas Scratch. They were... They call him Scritchy Nick. Nah. I'm pretty sure. Probably not. Um, so hold on, let me... Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of hop in with her thing about the, uh, the Darkhold, because that's the book that we get to see her using um, in... In uh, WandaVision, that's the book that she has. Do you find your spot? Yeah. So Salem 7 was a group of magically mutated superhumans, all of whom shared the same father, Nicholas Scratch, the son of Agatha Harkness, and all of whom lived in New Salem, Colorado. Uh, let's see. She loves her grandkids. Like she gets like the world's <laughs> best grandmama. Scratch had a number of wives who bore him the many children who were collectively known as the Salem Seven. Um, if my research and recollection is correct, I believe they went after people. Let me see. Yeah, they ultimately they went after Agatha Harkness and she used her occult powers to strip them of their abilities and banish them back to New Salem. To a dark oblivion. Yeah, so they weren't they weren't great people. Yeah, I mean they that's again, uh, she's doing stuff that suits her needs and her um her uh her end goals basically like she's doing stuff that she needs to do in order to um in order to, to to get her way and do what she needs to do um so it doesn't matter like you know whatever her end game happens to be you know no pun intended whatever her, her end her end game happens to be she will um you know kind of manipulate events uh into her favor as much as she can and she will you know inject herself into the situation whether it's um you know helping out one side or the other so you can't really trust what her um her allegiances are uh, or her alliance not her alliances her motivation because you never know what it's going to be you know maybe she'll help you like the whole thing with firestar or maybe she won't like the whole thing with uh you know the 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 Salem 7 like you know maybe it is in her best interest to keep you on her good side you know you never know it's it's a it's kind of like a crapshoot you never know what she's going to do and and why she's going to do it so um yeah she's uh she's definitely a complicated character and i i've liked learning a lot more about yeah, her yeah so there's you know and and then 
there's a lot about her, but there's also not a lot about her. She's definitely a secondary character. She kind of, you know, like I said, she first appears in the Fantastic Four. She's with the Fantastic Four for a bit. Uh, she pops, you know, goes away for a little bit. She pops back up in the Scarlet Witch storyline. And that's the storyline that obviously means the most to us right now because, you know, we're just coming off of WandaVision. And, you know, the WandaVision's Agatha Harkness uh is is obviously different from that of the comic book Agatha Harkness, and Agatha Harkness in the comic book actually helps Wanda uh, Wanda kind of hone her skills for a little bit. She realizes that the Scarlet Witch has the um, ability for chaos magic, which obviously she's drawn to. Uh, but at the time, Scarlet Witch doesn't really know how to fully wield the power. Wield the power. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, um, she almost becomes like Agatha's protege. She, yeah, it's it's more like Agatha's like, you don't know how to use this power. You can't properly wield it. You don't deserve to have it. Give it to me. Like, I should have it because I know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, Agatha taught Wanda Maximoff the ways of mysticism, given that Wanda's powers invoke chaos magic and hexes. Things get pretty messy when it comes to Agatha's involvement, but ultimately she always did what she felt was best for Wanda, and the two formed a close familial bond. Oh, so Wanda was her familiar. Agatha's uh, reach continued when the then-married Scarlet Witch and Vision became embroiled in a battle against the supervillain mages of Salem Seven. The newlyweds' visit to New Salem turned, di- turned disastrous once the unhinged vertigo drew in the entire community's magical energies, similar to the way Agatha in the TV show can Absorbed. suck the power and yeah. the life out of people. All but decimating the town, Wanda managed to capture some of this excess and funnel it away, but there was nowhere safe for this incredible amount of power to go until Agatha's astral form encouraged Wanda to channel the magic elsewhere. Finally, it looked like Wanda and Viz were on the path to creating the family they so desperately wanted, and things were good until they weren't. Yes. So in what is one of the saddest stories in Scarlet Witch canon, Wanda's children were absorbed by the villainous master pandemonium as he thought that the twins were pieces of his soul. They were not. Instead, they were actually pieces of Mephisto, which is where the whole, like, it's Mephisto theory comes in. Uh, Mephisto, a demonic hell lord who claimed Billy and Tommy as his own. The only way that Agatha could save the Avengers from Mephisto was through Wanda, ultimately via the destruction of her children. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that's what we we talked we touched base on that a little bit in the uh, Wanda Maximoff. And we kind of saw that at the end of uh, episode at the end of the last episode. In an objectively terrible move, Agatha sealed off the twins from Wanda's memory, wiping out their existence, yet sparing her the agony of grief. 
It was the best that Agatha could do given how late she learned of the twins' true nature. Although she later restored those memories once Immortus's actual plans regarding Wanda were revealed to all. And despite how it plays out, like Agatha does love Wanda like a daughter. Um, and I believe when uh, Wanda realizes that her twins had died and how they had died and that uh, Agatha was the reason why she had no recollection of the twins. I think she goes crazy and kills Agatha Harkness. Yeah, she loses her mind. Like, she gets super... Like, but yet Agatha's like her her celestial being, like her ghost, still comes her astral back. form. Yes. Yeah, we see that. Uh, we see uh, Doctor Strange do that. We see. Uh, it's the... almost like um, Luke Skywalker and Force Ghost Ben Kenobi. Yeah, Force Ghost. Agatha yeah. Harkness's Force Ghost comes back to guide we, we, Wanda. And, and we've seen this repeatedly in. Uh, in Marvel, like we saw it happen to uh, the Hulk when she knocked the Bruce Banner projection out of the Hulk, uh, the uh, the uh, ancient one, and obviously we see it at the very end in the uh, end credit scene of uh, WandaVision. We get to see that happen um, with uh, she's reading the Darkhold while also making tea. Yeah, so we get to see yeah. her astral form, and we hear the kid calling for her. Yeah. And Agatha Harkness ultimately dies twice. So the first time is at the hands of the Salem Seven. She's burned at the stake. Yes. But she comes back. The second time she dies is at the hands of, of Scarlet Witch in her, her grief. And, you know, we, we've seen what grief does to the Scarlet Witch and how well she handles it. Not. I mean, you know, all things considered, not well. And if you consider everything that she's gone through, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. So um, there is uh, a scene, I believe, in one of the scene, a frame in one of the comic books where panel a panel that's what it's called thank you um i forget in what book i think it's one of the more recent ones that came out like four or five years ago of the one of the scarlet witch books that shows agatha harkness has come back so i believe due to the sacrifice so this is again one of the storylines um natalia is wanda maximoff's mother uh, Natalia sacrifices herself to the, like, witch goddess. I think it's something like that. Um, some some type of of goddess, and ultimately that sacrifice brings back. I'm scoping through my notes right now, trying to find it. Um, yeah, the notes are all over the place because there's there's, I mean, there's, there's, so, there's so, much. so much, but there's not a lot. Like it's it's really difficult. Okay, yeah. Um, Agatha teamed up with Wanda and the spirit of her biological mother, Natalia Maximoff, against chaos, a physical being that was the cause of the disrupted magic. The spirits of Agatha and Natalia channeled their power through Wanda, and after her brother Quicksilver arrived, managed to defeat Chaos permanently. Unfortunately, this gravely wounded the goddess of witchcraft. Natalia sacrificed herself to maintain mystical order and, in doing so, brought Agatha back to life. 
Although Agatha noted that her and Wanda's paths are forever entwined, Agatha chose to take some, quote, me time to enjoy life again, choosing to visit a nude beach because why not? Yeah, why not? Like, go for it. Like, do what uh, <laughs> makes you happy. So, yeah, it's it's this panel where it's Wanda and Agatha and they're talking and, and Wanda says something like, you know, well, what are you going to do now that you're, you know, you get to live life again, like you're alive again. What are you going to do? And Agatha's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll go visit a nude beach. And Wanda's like, yeah, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> I mean, hey, whatever makes you happy. So I believe that is the last we, we've seen of her in the comic book universe. So um, I think that, honestly, I would be really surprised if we don't see her again in the MCU. The way that they ended things, that last episode of WandaVision, yes, she's in Westview still. Yes, she's you know, quote, forever bound to be the nosy neighbor, but she's also a really powerful witch, and I'm sure, I don't know. I have a couple of theories. There's a lot of stuff going on with I that. I think Wanda's going to need her. I also don't think Wanda did anything to that basement and removed it. I think the basement is still the creepy basement. You know, like, I don't think... Anything has changed from inside that. I mean, she did have to go in there to re retrieve the Darkhold, but I don't think that uh, she canceled that spell because I don't think she could because only the witch who cast a spell well, because, yeah, can because do anything. Only the witch that casts the runes can, can use, their magic use their magic within there. Right. So even though you know she defeated Agatha... You know, maybe that's why she was reading the Darkhold as an astral projection, because she couldn't physically take it out of that place, and they're going to need to do that at some point. I mean, maybe. I mean, here we go theorizing again. You know, I think that, I mean, it's pretty apparent that they're setting Scarlet Witch up to be the bad guy, or at least one of the bad guys, a pseudo-bad guy. In the next Doctor Strange. The initial but conflict. I, I think that, you know, something's going to happen and she may need to call upon Agatha Harkness. It was Agatha all along. It was Agatha all along. It was Bardzini all along. That's what they never knew. I did really enjoy that Agatha Harkness in the television show had a rabbit named Senior Scratchy as her familiar. After uh, and I didn't get that reference because I didn't know all the backstory to to Agatha Harkness because I'm just I'm not that well versed in the comic stuff. No, but instead of having this, you know, a, a black cat named Ebony. Well, no, the, the cat, you know, the named after her son. I mean, the rabbit named after her son. Senior Scratchy. Nikki Scritches. Yeah, <laughs> Nikki Scritches. <laughs> so I think that's a that's. Yeah, there's a lot more of her and like you know as we always say we could just keep going and going but i think we're gonna kind of bring that to a close because right, it's already been convoluted enough right like it's a, like we said it's a little bit all, all over the place but that's really her main involvement with the scarlet witch yes and you know pertaining to what we've seen what we may see you know who knows what's more gonna happen stuff next. to theorize about 
Yeah. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap this up, and then uh, when we come back, uh, we're gonna talk more about uh, tucking and uh, drag queens and the, the procedures that they go. No, we're gonna uh, we have a new battle, uh, and I know what you're thinking. We just did a battle last week, but we'll explain it to yeah. you after the break. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkning Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. And there will be one more. Of course, the uh, I kept writing it down as uh, Agatha did it, but uh, <laughs> it was Agatha all along will be uh, the final final thing that we do. So uh, that'll be at the end because I don't even remember the song. I just remember the thing about you know Snuffles or whatever the. I killed Sparky too. That's what his name, Sparky. I knew it was something like generic. You know, and th- it, that makes so much more sense. Like seeing things in in hindsight and stuff. Um, you know, she killed the dog. I think she wanted Wanda to work a little necromancy and bring the dog back to life because she wanted to see exactly how she did it. Right. Like she was, you know, inspecting her powers. She was trying to research her, you know, living in Westview, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's that. Uh, yeah. Make sure that you, uh, you know, give this a second chance, uh, you know, or second watch, I should say, especially after, you know, figuring out, you know, everything we know, going back and like looking at all the like little breadcrumbs that were left all the way through. That's always fun to do. Agnes. Agatha Harkness. Yeah, that wasn't one of their more, uh, more clever twists. Like, and they they point that out in the uh, pitch meeting, like. 
Her name is Agnes. Oh, is that Agatha Harkness? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it. Yeah, but, you know, for, for someone who may not know... You... I mean, I was a little more familiar with it going into it. Had you heard the name Agatha Harkness before you heard the name WandaVision? Well, no, no. no. (laughs) But I heard, you know, I became familiar with Agatha Harkness when researching Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff for our episode. Yes. So So technically I was uh, familiar with the character before WandaVision started. All right, I guess. Yeah, we did. We did mention it a little bit, and I know a few people kind of kicked that around, uh, that that theory around. But uh, we have. Uh, so uh, let the folks at home know what is going on as far as uh, battles okay, have. So long story short, Facebook is stupid. Social media is stupid, and the battle wasn't posted until a little too late so instead of going off of a day or two's worth of uh votes we've decided that we're just gonna let it go another week Mm -hmm. and in the meantime we're gonna throw down another battle a really cool battle and next week we're gonna come at you with two battle results but because we have a new battle... We have to play the battle theme. Let's see where... I just added it to the playlist. Oh, why isn't it coming off? What the hell? Angry Sport Audio Jungle. Prepared. Well, no, I, I, put it in the, I put it in the thing. It's just not coming up. I don't know. You know what? We'll just do it this way and have it come up anytime now. I double-clicked on it. Why aren't you... Battle theme. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't showing that it was playing either. That was a mess. It wasn't showing that it was playing. Oh. Is it live or is it Memorex? No, it's, it's definitely live. Um. <laughs> or one of the uh, anagrams of live, vile and evil. All of the above. Yes. So today we are throwing down the Battle of the Magic Mavens. You didn't think you were the only magical girl in town, did you? Ooh, no that's muscle, just magic. Last Witch Standing, and the sandbox is Timmy Turner's birthday party. Yes, that Timmy Turner, Wanda, and Cosmo are nowhere to be found. That's a different Wanda. Different, yes, different Wanda. (laughs) So you can choose from Agatha Harkness, Zatanna Zatara, Morgan Le Fay, or Raven, you know, Teen Titans Raven. That's so Raven. That's so Raven. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. A lot of really powerful witchy women throughout oh, the comic book universe. And speaking of the uh, the special guest referee is uh, Stevie Nicks. Oh, the, the, yeah, you want yeah. special guest referee Stevie She's Nicks? more wicked witchery than Stevie Nicks. <laughs> okay. Which we learned... In American Horror Story. 
Oh, Stevie Nicks is a white witch. Yes. Yeah, and they talked about it. Just listen to her music. Simpsons. Yeah, and they talked about it on The Simpsons too. So it's uh, it's all over the place. It's it's canon. It is canonical. <laughs> So anyways, let us know who you choose. Hit us up on the Facebooks or on the Twitters. Yeah, and uh, let us know who uh, your choice is. So we have some some uh, some good stuff coming Interesting up. Interesting stuff coming up. I am currently hunting for wine. I, yeah. Be there, we, there, we, quiet. I'm hunting, I'm hunting wine. vino. So, um... We also have episode 250 that we are uh, preparing for, and it's going to be great. If you uh, follow us on uh, on Facebook, especially in the Loudest Sports Show, you will know that I got a ban on Facebook for a meme that I put up in November. It's a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer saying, no one's going to tell me how many people I can have for Thanksgiving. And a few days ago... They're like, yeah, your post goes against our community standards and you're banned from doing live videos for 30 days. And it's like, great, because if you check out the Loudest Sports Show group, we've been giving away a lot of, well, not giving away, but raffling off a lot of memorabilia. Mm -hmm. And we are currently raffling off a signed Bill Belichick uh, Patriots mini helmet. And it's very rare to find one that does not have an inscription because he does that specifically so people can't resell it. Uh, but this was authenticated. This was, uh, you know, uh, uh, verified by uh, James Spence uh, authentication. So it's 100% legit. And um, we're doing that to help raise money. And you heard the ad earlier for the Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and More group. Mm-hmm. Um that's a great group because everything, like, you know, you can win some great stuff. Like, earlier this evening, I won this amazing Raiders helmet. And if you know me, I'm a huge Raiders fan. And they did one the other day, and someone just beat me to picking the Raiders. It had to have been, like, a fraction of a second. And it's one of those Facebook things where I thought I had got the, the comment in first. But when you refresh it, it turns out somebody else got it, and they pulled a Raiders authentic Howie Long helmet, and it crushed me. But then tonight, they pulled this amazing black eclipse. If you've never seen a black eclipse uh, football helmet and you are a fan of these things, they are amazing. They're like matte black with black face masks, and this has like this really cool... like. Uh, custom Raiders logo where it's in front of uh, the state of Nevada. It's just, it's so cool. And it's signed by Darren Waller, who is just an amazing tight end. I will say that, like, if you are a collectible of this type of stuff, the matte black helmets are so oh. incredibly chic looking. We actually uh, just raffled one off. Uh, our friend uh, Kaylee, who, if you are a horror person, check out uh, Kales from the Crypt. She's been raffling off a lot of horror memorabilia. Earlier tonight, she gave away, uh, she raffled off a, uh, a, like a activity page uh, from uh, Child's Play signed by Alex Vis- Vincent and Brad Dourif. That's so cool. Like, she's given away, uh, or raffled off, I keep saying given away, raffled off tons and tons of stuff. And she is raising money to uh, open up her own restaurant in Salem. And she's been in the restaurant uh, industry for 18 years and she's finally uh, trying to open up her own place a horror themed restaurant in Salem it's kind of a really interesting option to doing a GoFundMe 
Yeah. So instead of having people just throw money at a cause, which, you know, is is an option. You can do that. It's kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like Indiegogo where you get something for your money, but it's also kind of like a raffle because, no, it's, you it's know. No, it's 100% a raffle. And because, you know, within Indiegogo, and you're it's, guaranteed. Yeah, so it's, so it's kind of like a raffle in the sense that it absolutely is a raffle. It's, yes, it's, it's like that in that it's exactly that. Um, and, you know, so with the Loudest Sports Show, we do it to help promote the podcast. I mean, we 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 got uh, almost 70 members in the past week, um, you know, and we've we've raffled off, you know, some uh, basketball jerseys, hockey jerseys, football helmets, uh, all kinds of stuff. We have a uh, a bunch of awesome stuff coming up. And this is, you know, this is helping us to also, uh, as we mentioned, uh, sponsor uh, Craig, who is uh, one of the founders of the Strong-Willed uh, Sports Memorabilia and More Group. They're doing the Pan Mass Challenge, which if you are unfamiliar with that, as I was, I had heard of it but never really knew what it was. It's a 193-mile bike ride, and they take donations. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, they raised $67,000. And even last year during the pandemic, they raised $32,000. Wow. Despite the fact that they weren't able to do all their events and all their fundraisers right. and things yeah. like that. So this year, they're hoping to break 100000 And the Loudest Sports Show has teamed up. And we are sponsoring them, so we're going to have our logo on their uh, their jersey that mm -hmm. they're wearing. Because uh, uh, you have a specific jersey for the bike ride that you have to wear day one. But after that, you get to wear you know your own custom one. And they kind of modeled it after Captain America's outfit, which is awesome. And we got a spot on there. Uh, so we are donating some of the proceeds from our uh, our contest to help support them. Because they uh, they are fighting pediatric cancer, as you again uh, kind of ran it all down in the ad that we played earlier, because that's verbatim from their Facebook group. So check out the Facebook group, because they don't just do sports memorabilia, but they do other things. They raffled off this awesome Yeti cooler the other day. Somebody won an iPad. Like they do different prizes. Uh, they did uh, a Yeti tumbler with a a, a gift card to uh, I think it was Wine Nation. Or just wine, one of those, one of those stores. Total wines. Total wines. That's what it, I knew you would know. I know my wine stores. Um, so they do a lot of good stuff, and everything that they get goes right to you know Dana Farber or the Jimmy Fund. Um, they've done a ton of great stuff like this, and I, I couldn't be happier to be part of uh, you know the sponsorship. And Ash, as I know you are as well, like cancer sucks, and cancer in kids is just way worse so um you know if you even if you don't win anything it's a win-win because you're helping fight cancer so uh, we'll have links everywhere obviously um but yeah with that being said we're trying to you know get ready for episode 250 Earlier today, we thought was it was, we, we were doing 248. We have a <laughs> lot of stuff in the works. And again, there's this huge project we're, we're a part of that we're currently working on. We cannot say anything yet, but maybe next week we can tell you about it. I'm just 
dying to tell you guys this is such a fantastic project with a lot of uh, awesome people with yeah it's it's going to be incredible and i cannot wait to take you guys on this this ride with us a lot of people um, have been putting a lot of work in yeah yeah so that's gonna be crazy uh some other stuff that we're working on as well trying to nail down some guests you know for the future uh only good things happening for throwdown thursday so yeah and all affiliated shows yes so uh make sure you're subscribed to our youtube channel because we're going to be uh going live on there uh as soon as my ban is up uh we're going to have all that live stuff going uh for episode 250 and uh, i think with that being said we will <gasps> see, see you, you next thursday, thursday. Lovely to finally meet you, dear. Who's been messing up everything? It's been Agatha all along. Who's been pulling every evil string? It's been Agatha all along. Thank you too.